All right, we are live. So welcome everybody to the Locust Golden Hour podcast. This podcast is about sharing stories, advice, tips, and all things surrounding university and student life. And today we are live on our Twitch channel. So hello to everyone in chat. You're in for a treat as we have a very special guest joining us from Laurie's CSETI, Lauren Burroughs. Lauren's going to give us a bit of a presentation or talk about CSETI and then answer some questions. So if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. But first, Lauren, would you like to introduce introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, hi, folks. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I said, my name is Lauren Burroughs. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the manager at the Center for Student Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Uh, I'm a multi-campus manager that works with students around EDI. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to have this conversation with you folks. Yay. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited for this episode today. Um, we can start with a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, what is your favorite spot on campus? Do you have one? Now, to be fair, both Chris and I are separate campuses. I'm from yes. Waterloo and Chris is from Brantford. So if you have one on each, we'll also take that as an answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I'm definitely partial to the C-SETI offices <laughs> uh, as, our, as our home. Um, and um, yeah, I love being in this space and I love getting to like spend time with people that's like outside of like formal uh, meetings and workshops and just hang out and chat with folks. Um, I'm also um, really partial to Veritas <laughs> and that mm -hmm. I can make my money uh, and really appreciate having that that food on campus. Oh, can, wait, can Chris, people in chat hear us? No, they can hear oh. you, but they can't hear Chris. Or they can't hear myself or Lauren, oh. but they can hear oh. you, Chris. So. That's fun. Let's fix uh, that. <laughs> I was going to say, you might have to add an audio source that just says, um audio output to like set the desktop one or it might be muted Let's if see. you get that one it should can people hear now hopefully I think I'll so I'll check myself they can hear yay yay awesome is it weird or is it like echoey I think it's fine okay sorry about that <laughs> um so Lauren you said the C-Study offices yeah, yeah. So to remember my answer, C-City offices, I love them. And as I said, like, I just love to spend time with people outside of like formal meetings and workshops and um, yeah, just like hang out. <laughs> and these spaces uh, are like really awesome, fun spaces to like be in um, where students are hanging out and there's like space to like study and um, meet and chill. Uh, and then I also said Veritas because uh, I give them a lot of my money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and are you somewhere. are you more on the Waterloo campus or the Brantford campus? Because I've seen you at Brantford a couple times. Yeah. Um, so uh, a little bit like about my history. So I've been in CSETI for seven years, um, but I do have an undergraduate degree from from the Waterloo campus. Um, and so um, I'm a truly multi-campus human being. Uh, but uh, for the first uh, almost seven years of my time in the center, I was primarily on the Brantford campus. And now in my multi-campus role, I split my time equally between the spaces. Uh, so like two days Waterloo, two days Brantford. And then uh, the Friday, I kind of determine on need. Love gotcha. it. Well, thank you for joining us on your Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I know Veritas is a very hot commodity. It's um, almost exclusively music students at this point, which is what I've learned. Um, but it's it's such a nice spot to go because it's it's got so many areas. And every time they have like extra croissants and whatnot, they sell them for like a dollar. They're so nice. Yeah. I've seen so many people go in and grab like just random things here and there. So 
I got this too. They have their like product line and I got Ooh. this, right? It says imposter syndrome. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. yeah. And it says smells like doubt-free positivity because you're deserving and capable. And I'm like, that's oh, awesome. is that a room so spray? Sweet. Yeah, it's a room spray. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I think I might need to visit Veritas next time I come to the Waterloo <laughs> campus. There you go. Well, with that being said, I think we can hop right into some questions if that's okay with you, Lauren. Yeah, of course. Um, so I know Chris and I know a little bit, but just for, for maybe some folks that um, don't quite know everything, can you tell us a little bit about like what CSETI stands for, what you guys do? Yeah, so the Center for Student Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion is a multi-campus department that provides support, education, and advocacy to students around uh, equity, diversity, inclusion, and social justice um, uh, in all parts of the institution, from residents, communities, to classrooms. Uh, and so our work generally breaks down into a couple of areas, uh, the first of which is supporting students after experiences of harm. So if you experience harm on campus, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, classism, um, yeah, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, colonial violence, any form of identity-based harm, and you're seeking support, um, whether that's uh, someone to just hold space for you and to, to chat through your experience, or you're looking for systems navigation, so someone to help you work through our internal or external systems, um, someone to join you in meetings um, to witness, uh, someone to help you find resources and referrals on campus. Uh, we do a lot of that work for students. Uh, we also uh, support students in finding community, uh, so we support um, uh, 10 student services that are identity-based uh, across the two campuses, as well as work with um, clubs and associations and other student leaders on campus, so if folks are looking to do this work or are um, looking to meet folks that have a similar lived experience or political orientation, um, um, we help them connect in, um, and then we also provide education. So that includes trainings and workshops, so things like the diversity uh, uh, certificate, the intercultural certificate, as well as um, like single workshops. Uh, so for example, we just ran a workshop on um, suicide intervention and thinking through like decarceral models um, and are doing like other programming that's educational in nature. So uh, something we have coming up is an event in collaboration with the AIDS network, uh, looking at supporting folks um, with HIV. And so we do a lot of different education pieces, and some of that also includes uh, like class talks and lectures around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Uh, so things like anti-racism or responding to micro and macro aggressions, uh, training student leaders um, across campuses like residents or locus. Um, and um, we can also support students if they are doing uh, academic work um in relation to uh these like topics and issues and experiences and so if you're looking for you know uh, resources for your paper or um someone to interview for a project we can support that as well um we also do uh support uh, like research and policy related to student equity diversity and inclusion uh, and then finally we do uh practicums and placements uh for students that have some sort of like experiential learning component of their coursework so uh we've done um uh, practicums and placements for programs like social justice human rights um social work um user design anyone who who wants to apply the skills they're learning in their academic spaces to doing advocacy on campus that is incredible. There's a lot more than that you guys do that I didn't know. Um, I knew a little about the workshop, so I didn't know about the placements and all of that. So that's that's really useful for 
for some students who might be listening to this podcast. Um, so how can students access these educational pieces or these workshops? Yeah, so there are a couple of ways to um, access the CSETI office. Uh, we have like a general inbox, which is diversity at WLU.ca. So if you have like inquiries, like an inquiry around a prayer space, or you're looking to connect with someone, you can email that inbox and I that goes to me. Um, also, you can follow our social medias uh, at Laurier uh, Waterloo CSETI or at Laurier Brantford CSETI. Um, and there on our socials, we share a lot of information about the upcoming programming that is available. Uh, we also just redid our student webpage, so you can check that out, and that also shares a lot of the resources on campus, such as like the name change form, our gender inclusion, um, uh, sorry, our inclusive washroom um, initiative, and other important resources that folks might be looking to access around um, yeah, accommodations and, and being able to, to feel seen and represented on campus. Awesome. Um, for people listening, by the way, all of these um, all this information will be put in the description of the podcast, so you can refer to that while you're listening to the episode or after to access these supports. Um, just out of curiosity, I, I know it's kind of uh, backtracking a little bit. We talked a little bit about some of these events and workshops, but how can students find when the workshops are happening? What what exactly um, should students be expecting from the workshops? Things like that. Yeah, so um, in terms of finding the workshops, uh, our socials are probably the best place, uh, like Instagram, Facebook, uh, to find out more information about what we're doing. Um, and then also like the socials of um, the student services uh, that we are connected to and that they run a lot of their own programming. And we often share um, other opportunities across campus, such as uh, workshops and trainings that are coming out of um, like Laurier International, um, or which I think is now called International Student Support or the Office of Human Rights and Conflict Management. Um, so that's really a good place to find out about that. And then in terms of expectations, I would say that a lot of our programming, our educational programming really seeks to come from an anti-oppressive um, lens. And so understanding how oppression uh, impacts our lives and our learning experiences and um, um, tries to support students in like building skills around responding to oppression. Um, and whether that's like responding to disclosures or navigating systems or learning more about like how to uh, speak about issues connected to oppression. Um, um, yeah, uh, that is kind of what you should expect in that context. Uh, and then in terms of like who delivers our educational programming, there are a mix of folks. Generally, we have folks that are most impacted uh, by the, the social justice issues um, that uh, we're trying to educate about, uh, deliver that programming to people. And so we'll often bring in uh, external facilitators or work with folks on campus that have not only that like professional or academic experience, but also that lived experience of those issues. That is That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. I really love um, that Laurie has CSETI. I know that other universities have centers for equity and diversity inclusion as well, but um, I don't know, especially as a person of color, as a woman of color, it's really nice to see that there are these services for people to access, um, especially, you know, if they experience harm or violence or anything, or feel like they do need support or to talk to someone who has had similar experiences, right? Um, there's actually, this kind of like a little tangent, but in one of my courses, um, we're working on a paper throughout the whole semester um, to talk about a skill that we think undergraduates should learn. 
and how we're going to, we would implement that. So the skill I chose to do is cultural intelligence. So I feel like I could probably get a lot of information from CSETI about like, that would help me in developing my paper and how um, important it is to undergraduate students or not even just undergraduate students, but people in general, um, learning cultural intelligence and competence and all of that. Um, but I guess also what I want to ask is um, what inspired you to EDI to start working in this sort of realm? Because I know for me, cultural intelligence and all of that is important to me as a woman of color. So I just want to hear a little bit about your experience, if you'd like to share. Yeah, um, well, th this is a really good question. And I think I was always interested in doing some form of equity work from when I was really little. Uh, like I remember being like a small child and seeing folks that are experiencing homelessness or are precariously housed and feeling really upset about that. Um, so I think for a lot of us who get into this work, there is like this internal orientation to care about other people um, and uh, um, uh, compassion and also an urgency to respond that I think is just like inherent in a lot of us who want to do this work. Um, and then also, uh, I think a lot of my education helped inform these pieces and that I have degrees in women and gender studies and anthropology and social justice and community engagement. Uh, and so a lot of the things that I was learning in my academic spaces taught me a lot about um, how systems of oppression work um, and um, how yeah, how important it is to, to address them. Uh, and then also my lived experience, uh, I identify uh, obviously as, as racialized. I'm also a racialized woman and I'm queer and I'm neurodivergent and chronically ill. And, and so I've had a lot of experience in terms of, um, yeah, in terms of harm that has happened to me and those in my community um, and also experience uh, negotiating institutional systems um, as a, not only as a student, <laughs> but now as a, as a staff member and also as an adjunct faculty. And so uh, I'm really motivated to do this work in this space and um, also really motivated to do it in my community outside of the institution. And that I think a lot of the work should be informed by community, right? So. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. And and I can see that you're working in something that you're passionate about, which makes it, you know, like, all the be more better for students to come to you and to come to CSETI because you're passionate about your work. Um, so you said you were also an undergraduate um, from the Waterloo campus, right? Is that where you, when you did women and gender studies? Yeah, so I did my women and gender studies and anthropology degree at Waterloo um, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what what is it that drew you to Laurier? Was it the program? And was CSETI big when you were a student at all? Because I know, I think you mentioned um, one time when you came to speak to the Locust team in Brantford that Laurier was one of the last universities to get like a center for equity and diversity inclusion, right? Yeah, I think uh, in that regard, I was talking about um, Office of Indigenous Initiatives. Oh, and right. Initiatives offices are quite young and including Laurier's, but I, th I think similarly that um, EDI offices across institutions in Canada are also quite young compared to some other services that are on campus. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was in my undergraduate degree, uh, CSED used to be called the Diversity and Equity Office, uh, and they had this uh, student services in it and staff that were doing amazing work. Um, and so when I was a student, I did volunteer in one of the CSED student services. I volunteered as a coordinator at the Center for Women and Trans People, and that was really transformative for me to like meet folks on campus that 
uh, shared my lived experience and that were also interested in doing advocacy work um, and also folks that were, um, yeah, that were in my classes that I could help. Um, yeah, that were in my classes and together we could sort of unpack our academic knowledge and with our lived experience and with what was happening on campus. Um, but what brought me to Laurier is a really good question. Uh, <laughs> and how do I answer this? I had originally started at another institution and I had found that that other institution actually wasn't for me. Uh, and I had a desire to be in closer proximity to my family. And so um, when I transferred from that other institution, I was looking at um, schools in the area and I had gone and done a couple of interviews. Uh, and I found that um, some of the faculty that I had met here at Laurier were really affirming about my experience. And I was really interested in um, what they were teaching, particularly in women and gender studies. And so I decided to go to Laurier. I also really liked the smaller campus vibe. Yeah. Um, that was really important to me to like know people on campus and to like feel connected. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. We love that. I know uh, Locus works a lot with um, mature and transfer students, so we have our our fair share of people here. But I was just curious in like how your experiences as a transfer student and and being slightly older and and working with EDI and everything has kind of contributed to the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Um. So I think that what this has informed me of. Uh, first and foremost is this idea that our academic careers don't have to be linear. Uh, so I changed schools, I changed programs, I took a you know, lesser course load, I uh, explored different options. And so um, it took me a little bit longer to get through my undergrad than I would say maybe the average student would. Um, but I think that really informed me in terms of understanding what it means to exist in this space and not necessarily take like the same path as other folks or maybe not take the same path that's expected to you um, and how you can still have success and find your community and find joy and make like positive change even though your experience looks different. Um, and I think that as a mature student um, in the context of my undergrad, um, Yeah, I think that was I think that was really great because I'd had some maybe some different lived experiences than other students, um, and uh, there were opportunities for me to um, engage in some mentorship with some other folks, and also um, not only have like mentorship because I was maybe a little bit older, but also I think you can be mentored by folks anybody, um, and so I think that um, there were all of these different relationships of mentorship that I could build. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'm looking over at our chat and we have a question from there, if you're okay with me asking it. Um, but we were just wondering what was your favorite um, event or workshop that you've kind of attended or hosted either um, through CSETI or if you've been out in the community somewhere participating, just any anything that stands out to you? Oh, my favorite. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's a really, really hard one. Um, yeah, I think that some of my favorite events uh, are the ones uh, that happen in Black History Month. Black History Month is obviously a very important month for me as a Black person uh, and as a person that does anti-racism work. Uh, and so um, two of my favorites is that the Black Student Collective on the Brantford campus does like a culture show where people get to like showcase their like talents uh, uh, that come from their like lived experiences. And uh, that's like 
always super fun. Number one, because students are super talented. And I'm like, where did you get that talent from? Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, you can sing and you can play the piano and your spoken word is like so powerful. And so that's always like really exciting for me to see. And also that's a really fun space to um, just be with people. Um, and then also uh, in the culture shows, there have been some really like powerful messaging around like black futurism and uh, black identity and black advocacy and resistance that I think are really important for students on campus, uh, not only black students, but all students and that like, for example, black feminist thought has informed a lot of folks um, work around doing anti oppression uh, outside of black communities. So um, that's amazing for me. Also, uh, Beating the Odds, which is a conference that, uh, that the Association of Black Students run every year where they bring high school students, Black high school students onto campus to build their capacity and their desire um, to and confidence to attend higher ed education. And I think that that's also really fun getting to connect with more youth uh, who might not be um, you know, in post-secondary, but might be thinking about it and hear their experiences and uh, be able to share with them how we are living in these spaces uh, and, and inspire them to possibly explore this as an option. Uh, obviously knowing that um, that whether you choose university, college or neither, uh, that that's okay. That's awesome. Um, do you have, do you know if there's any future workshops happening soon or even in a couple months during Black History Month about this sort of thing like do you know off the top of your head if there's any happening soon yeah so um there are uh some really important events that are coming up um so uh tonight uh the rainbow center on the waterloo campus is hosting a drag show uh in collaboration with glow at the university of waterloo so folks can check out their instagram at wlu rainbow to check that out um, also on Monday on both campuses, um, in the morning on the Waterloo campus and in the evening on the Brantford campus, we're holding our Trans Day of Remembrance vigils, uh, which is a, a time to remember um, uh, the trans folks who have experienced violence in our communities and the trans folks who were murdered through transphobic violence. And that's really important for us to um, not only show our solidarity, but also to learn more about addressing and intervening on transphobia. And yeah, and uh, yeah, we really hope that folks will come out to that. Also check out our socials for more information. Um, and then um, next week, Next week, we are doing a scarf making night with the AIDS Network. There is a, a program that's called the Red Scarf, um, the Red Scarf Campaign, which folks will help us make red scarves, or you can donate a red scarf. And then we put information around getting tested for HIV and information around like destigmatizing HIV. And then we put that all around downtown Brantford. And uh, folks can take a scarf to keep them warm and get that information, healthcare information that they need. Um, so that's fun. Um, we're working with the Middle Eastern Association and the Muslim Students Association on the Brantford campus to also hold an upcoming space um, for folks in the Swana diaspora, uh, so Southwest Asia, North Africa, um, as particularly those who have been impacted about what's happening in Iran. Uh, so that information will be coming out soon. And then for like Black History Month, uh, all that information will be coming out hopefully in January for people to check out. Um, and uh, winter time is a really important time. There are lots of really important days, uh, not only Black History, History Month, but like International Women's Day uh, and, and all sorts of other important programming. So there'll be lots of, of fun stuff coming out. I love that. That's so exciting. There's so many things coming up. Yeah. Um, 
So who can access these? Because I, I think there's a misconception that some people like that only people with those identities can access those workshops or things. So it's open to everyone, right? Yeah. So here's the thing is that affinity spaces where people with shared identity come together to like build community and feel feelings of inclusion um, and collective organizing or collective organize are really important. So there are spaces that are uh, specifically for folks with certain identities and lived experiences uh, to do that work internally. And that's important. But the majority of our programming um, is open to everybody. And we really encourage folks that either are looking to learn more or build community community or um, yeah, do this work either in their academic work or in their lives or in their professional work to join us. Uh, CSETI is open for everybody. Uh, the supports we offer are also available to all students. Um, and so uh, don't, don't feel like um, that it's not available to you because you might not share that identity or that lived experience because it is important that we try and build that literacy uh, and that intelligence as you were saying before about other people's experiences um, especially those that we we are connecting with on a day-to-day -day basis on our campus or at our workplace or in our family and friends and friend groups i think that's that's really great and it's it's a definitely a, a service and a support that people should take advantage of while in university, especially because I feel like, you know, moving to university, sometimes you move away from your, your hometown, you're exposed to new cultures, you're exposed to new groups of people, right? So it's important to take advantage of all the perspectives and voices that you can hear from um, in university and definitely learn more and, and expand your allyship, right? Yeah, and hopefully learn more about yourself too. Like university yeah. is a great place to explore your identity. And I know for a lot of folks that maybe like felt um, that they didn't have the freedom to do that in their home <laughs> or space or their friend circles, that coming to university can be an opportunity to like explore your sexuality or identity or practice your religion in a different way. And so, um, yeah, I really encourage folks to, to engage. Amazing, thank you so much. I think we're coming up on our last few questions, if that's okay. Um, but so we kind of have a a tradition here on our on our podcast of something called words of wisdom, which is just something we tell the students that we wish that they would hear more, that they had um, maybe heard in first year, what you had heard in first year. Is there anything that you kind of want to tell our students to? to bring this more to a close? That's a good question. Um, I think something that's really important for us to think about uh, and that I wanna remind people is this idea that there is nothing wrong with us uh, and that uh, equity deserving communities um, aren't inherently vulnerable uh, or aren't inherently bad or aren't inherently prone to struggle and that it's these inequitable systems that lead for certain people to be invisibilized or criminalized or silenced or experience violence. Um, and so for students, it's really important to me that, um, that you don't internalize any negative messaging about your identity or experience. Um, and to know that like, I believe you <laughs> and that uh, there are folks that are in solidarity with you to help work to address these systems that might cause you harm or make you vulnerable because um, those things aren't inherent to who you are as a person those are things that are happening externally that are impacting you negatively and um 
Yeah. And so if someone says, you know, like engage, are engaging in ableist um, sentiments that might say, you know, you're not suitable for this program, or they might uh, say something racist to you about, uh, yeah, your um, like physical presentation, or they might deny your identity as like a queer or trans person. That's, that's not about you. You should be able to show up as who you are. Uh, that is about um, problematic ideologies and institutions and systems that inform the spaces that we're in. So um, yeah, I hope that you can find a space to be who you are. And again, there are folks in solidarity to support you in doing that. Snaps. That's amazing. <laughs> Snaps. Yeah, I feel like I needed to hear that too, honestly. Mm -hmm. So hopefully our, our students listening or people in um, watching the stream can digest that. You know, if I was watching the stream, I would even listen to this podcast again after just so take in what you said. Um, we actually have another question in chat before we wrap up. Um, but in the chat, they said, I missed the former half of the interview, but I wanted to ask what ongoing initiatives does CSETI partake in to promote diversity on campus? That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, so we are involved in a lot of different things on campus. Um, and so um, some of them are doing the programming that's happening on campus related to equity, diversity, and inclusion. Uh, so we do some certificate programs. Um, you'll see some of them come out next term. So the diversity certificate, which is like a six module certificate program with, about EDI, um, that's like a 101. We're also working with the sustainability office in Ellisburg to bring uh, back the food justice certificate, which is looking at complicating our relationship and politicizing our relationship to food. So looking at like food and migration, food and trauma, food and colonization, all the important things we need to know about um uh yeah that what we eat <laughs> and um we also uh collaborate with um laureate international to deliver the intercultural certificate which looks at building intercultural competency uh, and we particularly look at a module that looks at how intercultural relationships are connected to power and how in intercultural relationships, when there is power that shows up, how uh, folks might experience harm. Um, so those are some of the educational things that we really focus on. Um, as I said before, we also focus on running some of the larger uh, month and week events. Um, and so uh, like Black History Month, Islamic History Month, uh, International Women's Day. Um, this week, as I said again, it is Trans Awareness Week and um, Sunday is actually um, Trans Day of Remembrance. And so some of the things we've worked on, for example, is um, uh, putting up the trans flag on both of our campuses, which is really important to celebrate trans, uh, um, non-binary, two-spirit and gender diverse folks' identities and experiences, and then also to recognize um, and address the harm they experience. Um, other things that we work with um, that are a little bit higher level, we support things like the Count Yourself In survey which is a survey that is coming out of the uh, Associate Vice President of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Uh, and that's a survey where we're collecting demographic data ar around students' identities and experiences. Um, so um, this is something that's new and exciting for us and that uh, we don't have a lot of information about how students identify in our spaces. And the more information we know about who's on campus, uh, the better and more resources we can provide people. So fill out the Count Yourself In survey if you can and if you feel comfortable doing so. 
Um, and then also doing things like working with the institution to develop an EDI communications calendar so that we make sure that we're celebrating really important dates and religious observances, uh, working with folks to um, uh, improve our uh, offerings around like accommodations, religious accommodations, um, as well as things like our name change process. And so we're doing a, a little bit, a little bit of everything. Uh, but if there's anything specific you'd like me to speak about, I can also speak about a specific uh, topic. Wow. Again, so many things. <laughs> a lot of a lot of words. Um, so sorry about that. No, no, all good. We'd love to hear anything you have to say. Yeah. Um, no, that's incredible that there's there's a lot more things going on that I didn't that I honestly wasn't aware. So it's really nice to hear about it also for students to be aware that this is happening on campus and that um uh trans what sorry, what is the uh, awareness week called again? Trans Awareness Week. Trans Awareness Week um, is happening this coming week. This episode is also coming out today as well. So um, yeah, that's really awesome. I don't know. I don't have anything specific in mind to talk about more. Um, I can chat a little bit. Um, I'm from the Faculty of Music on the Waterloo campus, and I know that we had a workshop with you guys um, uh, to have like a little certificate going, but um, I'm also involved with our faculty association. And one of the big things that has constantly be coming out of at least our faculty, but I'm sure it comes from others too, is a little bit more about this um, name change process. It, it seems to be very daunting for students. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm just looking for clarification of like, where's the best place to go? Is it only for trans students or can anyone, you know, work towards changing their name in the system? Um, how, how do students kind of go about starting that process? Yeah, so the name change process can be really meaningful for a lot of people. Um, it can be for folks that are like trans, uh, non-binary, gender diverse, that are looking to change uh, their legal name to their actual name. Uh, and that's really important. Uh, it can also be for folks that might have uh, experiences of like trauma related to their name and therefore might be looking to change their name uh, so that they can cultivate feelings of safety and some distance from those experiences of trauma. Um, and so, I think there are some layered reasons why people might want to change their name. Uh, I also know that there are some folks uh, that come from other places in the world um, that might have like um, immigrated to Canada either uh, recently or a long time ago that have cultural names uh, that they feel that they experience some harm around because people struggle to, to say their cultural names, um, which I do think is, is problematic. And so some folks might access the name change policy to change uh, their name uh, based off of that. Um, so I think there's yeah a ton of layered reasons why people might want to change their name. Um, and uh, a lot of that is related to our lived experience and our desire to be like seen as who we are. Um, and then uh, there are two different name change processes. And if you go to our CSETI website, you can see the two different um, options there as well. Um, and so the first option is a legal name change. And the legal name change shows up on all of your Laurier documentation. Uh, so that includes things like your Laurier My Learning Space, as well as things like your degree and transcripts, which are uh, like the formal documents at the institution. And so if you want to go through a legal name change, you, you have to provide documentation showing that you've legally changed your name. 
um, like through government processes, so through external processes. Um, we know that can be onerous for students. We also know that that can involve some cost. So if there are students that are looking to negotiate that process or looking for uh, support to um, uh, find some, um, yeah, some funding to be able to do that, uh, they can reach out to us and uh, we are happy to support people in that. Um, and then basically after that, you just fill out the form and uh, that gets adjusted in all of your documentation. Uh, the second process is what is called like the chosen or preferred name change process. Uh, and that is where you can change your first or middle name. Uh, and that can show up on spaces uh, like my learning space. You can also ask to have your name changed on Zoom and other spaces and get a new one card for exams with your chosen and preferred name. However, your chosen name uh, doesn't show up on official Laurier documentation uh, like your transcript and your degree, right? Uh, so that's really important for folks to know uh, if they've been using uh, uh, their chosen name for their entire Luray career and then they go to graduate and they get that email being like this is the name that's going to be on their degree and they're like what <laughs> right um, and so knowing that is important and then also with that process because of some of our requirements to report to the government you do have to put in that form more frequently um, uh, and so students will have to fill that form out for uh, uh, each term in which they're seeking to access courses to make sure that that name is corrected in terms of their public facing Laurier uh, information. Um, and we understand that that is onerous on students to do, and we understand that that can be a barrier for some students. And so CSETI right now is in conversation to help us develop some additional language around that to inform students more about that process. Um, and also when and how they should be completing that process to ensure continuity of their um, chosen name. Um, and then also we'll be looking into some like larger structural changes to, to try and uh, improve that process for students. But uh, it is currently what we have and we do encourage folks to use it so that they aren't being dead named in their classes um, or um, by their, yeah, by their, their faculty or peers in, in these academic spaces. Wow. Again, another thing <laughs> that I wasn't aware. Um, I actually, um, when I was applying to graduate, I did see that you could put your preferred name to to be on your degree. And for some reason, I didn't even consider that, like, why it wouldn't be needed to be there um, in the form to graduate. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think too, also when you graduate, like you get a little form where you can like scribble out your name and they can actually orate or say whatever name that you yes. want. Um, yeah. People can also do some adjustment there, um, but uh, there are some places that your legal name will show up, um, and that I think is just important to know. Um, yeah, and then I think there's another form uh, that is really important to folks, which would be the religious accommodations form. And so we do have a process that students can access to receive religious accommodations. Um, and whether that is because you are observing Ramadan or Passover and it intersects with some of your coursework, or you, for example, um, need to go into ceremony or someone in your family has passed and there is an important religious observance that you that you um, do in relationship to that experience of someone in your life passing. And so uh, we do recommend that students also check out that form uh, because you're supposed to notify the institution and fill that out as soon as possible. So uh, uh, on the webpage, it, I believe that it says um, that uh, within like two weeks of getting the course syllabus, if you know, or within one week of getting the exam schedule. Um, however, we know that sometimes students might get that information um, after those deadlines. Uh, so as soon as you know, I just recommend that folks fill that out. So if you know this year during exams, um, last year Ramadan felt 
um, well, the exams fell over Ramadan because Ramadan happened way before exams ever happened, probably. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the exams fell in Ramadan. Uh, and therefore, for students who know that's coming up this year, um, it's important that um, you send that documentation to your faculty uh, to let them know so they can accommodate you. Uh, Thank you so much. That that was a lot of information that I think <laughs> students don't always realize is available and, and all these resources and whatnot. Um, I think that's all I have on my end for questions, and I'm not seeing any more in the chat, Chris. So I think if it's okay with you, Lauren, we're going to bring this to a close. We just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. It was it was really so valuable having you on and, and speaking to, to some of the um, resources that are available and 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 even just your words themselves. They were they were so impactful for a lot of students. And I know in our chat we saw some messages saying you know they're they weren't aware of some of these things that were available. So this has been really really beneficial having you on. Um, so with that being said, we'll just kind of do our little outro on our side, but, um, we just want to say thank you everyone so much for joining us on this stream and podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Locus Laurier, join our discord and Lauren, do you have any socials that you want to promote? Yeah. So if you have questions or would like to meet with me to chat more, you can email diversity at wlu.ca. Uh, and then uh, whichever campus you're on, you can follow at Laurier and then that campus. So at Laurier Brantford or at Laurier Waterloo, CSEDI, C-S-E-D-I. So please follow us and reach out if questions, concerns, just to chat or to, to find out what we're doing next. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laurier and uh, Lauren. And for everyone joining us, uh, until next time, stay golden. Bye. Thanks Bye. for having me, folks. Bye.